David Glenn Show. Hope you had a fantastic extended July 4th weekend. Fun with family and friends, and yes, a whole lot of sports. We welcome you to our syndicated statewide platform as we come at you live post-mini-vacation in almost 300 North Carolina cities and towns. We haven't chatted since last Wednesday, at least not the live portion of this program. That leaves a lot to discuss as we play a little best and worst of the weekend, as we invite one of the greatest voices in all of international soccer. He was on the call for the Women's World Cup final just yesterday. JP Della Camera, live from French soil, Fox Sports play-by-play -play man extraordinaire, a member of the U.S. Soccer Hall of Fame. He had the call for USA 2, Netherlands 0. There have been only eight Women's World Cups. The United States of America has won half of them all by itself. This is the first time the Americans have gone back-to-back. -back. Head coach Jill Ellis, star veteran Megan Rapino, relative newcomer Rose Lavelle, veteran defender Becky Sauerbrunn. How about a little Golden Boot Award for Rapino? How about a little Silver Boot for Alex Morgan? And how about a hat tip, at the very least, best of the weekend style, to four different players who represent our state really well all year long and represented our country really well on the other side of the pond. North Carolina Courage women's soccer superstars, Abby Dahlkemper, Crystal Dunn, Sam Mewis, they were all starters, at least at times, if not full-time, for the Americans in France at the Women's World Cup. Jess McDonald had another great experience in her amazing lifetime. We celebrate them. We'll talk some NBA. Since we were last together, Kawhi Leonard has selected a new NBA team. It is not the LA Lakers. He is not staying with the Toronto Raptors. Instead, he picked the LA Clippers, but he had the same skepticism that we did. When we asked you last Wednesday, where would you go? About 95% of you picked either the Lakers or the Raptors. Now, Kawhi did not disagree with you. It sounds as if if the Clippers had not essentially given him what he wanted to see, Kawhi would have picked one of those two other NBA teams. As it turned out, we didn't know last Wednesday, Kawhi Leonard had called Kevin Durant during free agency and said, uh, hey, man, you want to get together and form one of those dynamic duo-type things? KD, of course, said no thank you and ended up with the Brooklyn Nets. He has Kyrie Irving now as his own dynamic duo, if you will. When plan A didn't work for Kawhi, we didn't know last Wednesday when we were contemplating the Clippers as a destination, he called Paul George. They both grew up in Southern California. They didn't know each other really, really well, but they are contemporaries, both in their late 20s, both multi-time All-Stars, of course. Paul George was under-recruited out of Southern California and ended up as a star at Fresno State. Kawhi Leonard was under-recruited and ended up a star elsewhere in California, San Diego State. They're at similar stages of their career, and the call went to Paul George. How about the Clippers together? Paul George says, well, I kind of have this contract thing with the Oklahoma City Thunder. They got over that hurdle. Sam Presti of the Thunder called one of his former protégés, a guy named Michael Winger, 
is the general manager of the L.A. Clippers, two guys who knew each other well, figured out a way to make that deal, not with the Lakers, not with the Raptors, but instead the L.A. Clippers add their name to a fascinating list of franchises in the Western Conference that look capable of making the playoffs at least and maybe without any superpower lurking, maybe even making a long run to an NBA title. Kwai and Paul George are part of a new nucleus with the Clippers. LeBron still has AD, but we don't really have, at least momentarily, I'm not sure if we have a true, healthy, big three anywhere in the NBA, do we? If you have one, tell me what the best version is. I mean, I'm a Sixers fan, so you could say Joel Embiid and Ben Simmons and then pick your favorite. I mean, is Tobias Harris really a member of a big three? Is Al Horford too old, recently acquired from the Celtics, to really be the third leg of that tripod? Is it a big three the way you thought of Clay and Steph and KD? Is it a big three the way you thought of LeBron and Dwayne Wade and Chris Bosh, that Miami Heat big three of nine years ago today, as it turns out. If you have forgotten about the decision, it was on July 8th, 2010, one of the most highly anticipated free agency decisions in American sports history. Remember, it was on national TV. Upside, it raised a lot of money for charity doing it that way. But the LeBron haters tend to remember it for other reasons. Jim Gray of ESPN had the exclusive one-on-one. They faced each other chair to chair, facing man to man, as LeBron James said, among many other things, I'm taking my talents to South Beach. The number of LeBron haters dramatically increased that day. We'll give you a quick flashback to the audio from LeBron James at The Decision nine years ago today. Did you know that Sebastian Ajo has finally spoken? How's that for a best of the weekend? Seabass is on the record. Now, it is only through his Twitter account, but after the Montreal Canadiens general manager claiming that the 21-year-old Finnish star only wearing the Hurricanes uniform at the NHL level, remember, and a restricted free agent. Canadians extend the offer sheet. Tricky terms. Tom Dundon says, not tricky to me. He matches the offer sheet. And, yes, Ajo has a new five-year deal as a member of the Carolina Hurricanes. Well, the Canadians GM swore that Ajo really wanted to be north of the border. And Ajo's agent said Ajo really wanted to be north of the border. And some Kaniacs didn't like the sound of that. Seabass was silent all that time. The Hurricanes, had you not known, actually waited until yesterday to officially match. Remember, verbally they said, oh, yeah, we're going to match the offer sheet. But just to mess with the Canadians, the way the Canadians clearly were poking the bear of the Carolina Hurricanes with the details of that offer sheet, The Canes took the amount of time that they had. Not the full seven days quite, but as Don Waddell, our recent guest, general manager of the Hurricanes, said, why would I be cooperative on the timetable when the Canadians are trying to push us around like a bully financially? Why would I just match quickly? Then they can use all that money and all that time and resources to chase somebody else, perhaps a different restricted free agent. So they verbally said they were going to match almost a week ago. 
but then they waited almost the full seven days. Just yesterday, it became official, so they got to tie the Canadians' hands a little bit. Seabass has spoken. On the other side, I will share his words from his Twitter account. Zion Williamson, the former Duke star, played in summer league action, but has already had the plug pulled on his professional debut. We'll get into those details. His Duke teammate, R.J. Barrett, is still playing in the summer league, but had a brutally tough debut for the New York Knicks. Darren Vaught moved this weekend, but is back as the producer of the David Glenn Show. Nathan Bernstein filled in capably during Darren's absence. Darren, it is, I hope it was, a happy July 4th weekend for you. The interns are taking your calls. Best and worst of the weekend as we speak. Adam Amin of ESPN is going to drop by second hour. J.P. Delacan camera fresh off USA over Netherlands with Megan Rapino, as you might have guessed getting a lot of best of the weekend votes but also a handful of worst of the weekend votes for a variety of reasons you can jump in on either side of that fence at 1-800-849-2761 intern Will intern Jordan intern Christian are all with us today they'll be the first voice you hear one of them when you dial 1-800-849-2761 how does best and worst of the weekend work well, you have five days, really, to tell us what was the greatest thing you saw in the sports universe since we were last with you with a live show Wednesday. What was the worst thing you saw in the sports universe? And what made those things feel that way for you? As we wish you a July, happy July 4th extended weekend, we're really back to reality, Darren, in ways that you don't even understand. Now, I'm always happy to have you as a longtime friend at this point, but also part of the engine that makes the David Glenn Show go. There is no more harsh slap of reality than what you and I have beyond our blessing, right? No matter how fun, bad, or in between, technological difficulties, inspiring callers, angry, ignorant callers, we get them all, but we always say, well, wherever that went, we're blessed. We get paid to write and talk about sports. Part of Darren's time away is he is the voice of USA Baseball. Every day is a good day when you get paid to write and talk no about day. sports. You're with me on that. But it is certainly a slower time on the sports calendar. <laughs> yeah. And lest we needed another reminder that it's really back. We are back to reality. You moved this weekend. Which, if you put aside the really brutal things in life, you know, racism, sexism, misogyny, war, hunger, you know, all the rest, moving on that other just like... <laughs> it tops the next category down, right? First world problems? <laughs> yeah. Oh, moving is one of the worst things. And I know you just suffered through that. Near moving on that list is a trip to the dentist. So Darren is coming out of a moving weekend. I, at the end of today's show, am going into the dentist chair. <laughs> so we are truly back to reality after we, uh, after we celebrated the birth of our great nation over July 4th weekend. Hopefully you paused, maybe even checked out the words of the Declaration of Independence, as I encouraged you last Wednesday. Whether or not you did that, we have a lot to celebrate. There are best of the weekends from the PGA Tour. The UFC, Major League Baseball, which has its home run derby tonight. And, of course, the All-Star game is almost here. Sebastian Ajo and the Hurricanes. Serena Williams and others at Wimbledon. The United States women, but also Mexico and Brazil, also won big soccer matchups elsewhere in the international soccer world. Kawhi Leonard and the Clippers, a best of the weekend in their own way. We'll have fun with some questions of the day that also allow for your participation. I highly recommend giving 
given that it was one of the highlights of my extended weekend. The movie yesterday, the lovely and talented Maria, as I call my wife, and I went and saw it this weekend. I don't go to theaters all that often. I was looking forward to this one. A channeling of the Beatles, musically. I love the concept. I haven't seen it, but I'm, I am looking forward to seeing it. I'd be it. shocked if you did not like the Yesterday movie. You can even take Maria if you want. She cried. I won't give you the full spoiler. I won't even give you a fraction of the spoiler, actually. You all know that it's about the Beatles music, and the basic concept is in the trailer. So it's not like I'm spoiling that part of it. There's a wrinkle that had my wife gasping through tears in the movie theater and seriously still crying when we got home later that night. And I don't mean like a sad, kind of a mixed, happy, sad bucket of tears from the lovely and talented Maria. It was not torturous, don't get me wrong. It was wonderful. It was happy. It was intriguing. It was well done. It was creative. It was a musical celebration in many ways and a celebration of humanity in other ways. I'm in favor of both of those things. You can join us on the other side. What was the best of your sports weekend? What was the worst of your sports weekend? And why? 1-800-849-2761 will be your ticket in on the other side. JP Della Camera live from France and the Women's World Cup. That's in 15 minutes. Adam Amin of ESPN live in 45 minutes. More on Kwai's decision to jump to the Clippers with Paul George. More on the U.S. women's national team. Why are some describing either Megan Rapinoe or the team itself as a worst of the weekend, even as most of America are celebrating them as the best of the weekend? You can jump in with your question, comment, or complaint right now. 1-800-849-2761 is your ticket in to the David Glenn Show. Mr. President, Barack Obama, welcome to the David Glenn Show. How are you? David, it's great to be on. It's wonderful to, to talk to the folks in North Carolina. I always say uh, I love the state of North Carolina, love the people of North Carolina. Even the folks who don't support me down there are nice to me. The David Glenn Show. It's Rapino against Van Feenendaal. It's 1-0. Rosa Val, lovely run, great goal. Roosevelt might have won the World Cup for the United States for the fourth time. The United States of America are crown champions of the world, and for the very first time, they've done it on European soil. Welcome back to the David Glenn Show. JP Della Camera, the voice of the Women's World Cup, on the call as the play-by-play -play man for the Americans' defeat of the Netherlands. 2-0 yesterday was the final. They took out three of the other best teams in all of Europe on their way to that final. 2-1 over Spain, 2-1 over France, 2-1 over England. The French and the English are two of the other best women's soccer programs or national teams in the world. It was not an easy road, but the Americans got the first back-to-back Women's World Cup victories for the good old USA. It has been done by Germany as well. But Team USA has now won four of the eight Women's World Cups ever played. They were the best of the weekend for many of you yesterday. The players, the coach, the details got a lot of best of the weekend love. We have George who says Megan Rapino was his worst of the weekend. We have Gary who says the U.S. women's national team and its coach Jill Ellis were his best of the weekend. Keegan wants to take us elsewhere. What was the best thing you saw anywhere in the sports universe and why? Kawhi Leonard to the Clippers with Paul George got votes. 
Mexico, Brazil, and of course Team USA. The women got a lot of votes in the soccer world. Serena Williams, among other Americans at Wimbledon in the tennis world. Sebastian Ajo of the Carolina Hurricanes in the hockey world. Some UFC, some MLB, some PGA, some NASCAR. We'll get to as many calls as we can now at 1-800-849-2761. JP Della Camera live in less than 10 minutes. One thing I promised. Sebastian Ajo, the 21-year-old, almost 22 now, Finnish sensation, all-star for your Carolina Hurricanes, was the subject of a lot of speculation over the last seven days. The Montreal Canadiens GM said out loud on the record, Sebastian Ajo, really deep down inside, wants to be here in Montreal. Canadians put out that expensive offer sheet with the quirky details. Tom Dundon matched it quickly, verbally, and then again waited all the way till yesterday, probably just to be spiked toward the Canadians. The bottom line is that Ajo is staying, but after his agent sounded like he was describing his client wanting to be in Montreal more so than here in Raleigh, and after the Canadiens franchise made it crystal clear, oh, he doesn't even want to be with all of you anymore. He really would prefer to be here. Nobody had heard from Ajo. And typically, as we come to your calls, a player often cannot be in the public forum as negotiations are continuing. It wasn't that unusual that the player was sitting that out, even as others were claiming to know how he felt. So you can believe this to the degree that you want. We all know that once a guy knows he's staying, he's not going to announce, you know what, they were right, I really wanted to be in Montreal. Now, deep down inside, what does he think? Well, we may never know exactly for sure how much he was excited about the possibility. Maybe he would have been happy with either eventuality. Maybe he could foresee he wouldn't have signed the offer sheet if he wasn't at least okay with the idea of being in a Montreal uniform. The Canes did match. He is staying, and this is what he said just yesterday on his Twitter account, at Sebastian Ajo. Then we'll get to your calls, 1-800-849-2761. This is a direct quote from Ajo, at Sebastian Ajo on Twitter. Five more years in Carolina than a couple of cute emojis. Here were his words. I am grateful for the offer from the Montreal Canadiens, but it was always my hope to return to the Hurricanes. As a restricted free agent, I had limited options for moving along the process to get a deal done. That's, of course, true. It was, almost, it was always important to me to be on the ice for the first day of training camp. Can't be mad at him for that. This entire situation has been difficult for me and my family, and I am happy it is at an end. Anybody who knows Ajo and his personality, which is mostly understated, should find that very believable as well. Continuing with his quote, we have a young and exciting group in Carolina, and I can't wait to be there with my teammates and get to work. I love it in Raleigh, Ajo wrote. And I am thrilled that we can continue what we started last season. As you all know, after that nine-year playoff drought, the Canes had a heck of a season. Ajo was, for much of that campaign, the best player on that roster and the only all-star, of course. Sebastian Ajo, in his own words, you can believe whatever you want to believe. Deep down inside, I believe that the guy would have been okay to go to Montreal, but used the leverage, the minimal leverage that he had to get a five-year deal on ter terms that are fair to both him and the team with, of course, the exciting possibility that he'll be that unrestricted free agent five years from now as he's about to have his 27th birthday. Assuming he continues to play well as a rising star in the NHL, those will be the biggest dollars 
than he will ever see, and you certainly can't fault him for that. 1-800-849-2761. Gary is in Wilson, and next up on the David Glenn Show, quick summary. Some of you want to talk just soccer about the U.S. women's national team. I'm okay with that. Some of you want to talk about White House visits. I'm okay with that. Some of you are bothered when teams say no. I am not bothered when teams say no. I personally do not respect an office, and that can be any office. I respect the people in those offices, coach, principal, police officer, president, governor, whatever, when they have earned my respect. I even give them the benefit of the doubt. I start as respecting the person and the office. But at any point, if anybody in any category, I don't care how lofty that title on the door is, if you lose my respect, I don't buy the respect of the office stuff. That's how I look at the universe. I am adamantly unapologetic for it and will elaborate to the degree that you would like me to elaborate. Or we can talk about the soccer. The White House stuff, I can give or take because you all know where I stand on it. I can tell you. There's no bleeping way this team's going to the White House. I can tell you that part. Just to channel some Megan Rapino who apologized for the expletive, but not a shred of her sentiments toward the current president. They will be, even while joining an NFL team and NBA teams and WNBA teams and college basketball national champions and other superstars of the sports world, the U.S. women's national team is now part of a parade of people turning down uh, White House invitations, they're actually going to be in a different parade. This Wednesday in New York City, there will be a ticker tape parade down what is called the Canyon of Heroes. So they haven't said no to all invitations. They're just saying no to that one that bothers a lot of people. In case you didn't know, others who have gone down the Canyon of Heroes, not only super sports teams of note and athletes, the New York Yankees, when they won it all, had a ticker tape parade down the Canyon of Heroes. Other Olympians, uh, even as individual athletes, have had that ticker tape parade down the Canyon of Heroes. There have been more than 200 such parades dating to the 1880s in New York City, and only a chunk of them have been sports-related. So there has been like a pope who had his parade down the Canyon of Heroes. Nelson Mandela was given a parade down the Canyon of Heroes. So the U.S. women's national team will accept that invitation. They clearly are not, and it's not just uh, Rapino who feels this way. Almost to the person, they are turning down any White House invitation that might come their way. And lastly, on the equal pay issue that some of you want to get into, again, I'm okay if we just play with the soccer. On equal pay, I'll, I'll, I'll say more later, but I'll simplify it as this. At opposite ends of the political spectrum, people are oversimplifying the equal pay issue. Jeez, that never happens in modern-day America, now does it? Politically charged, ideologically angry people misleading you on purpose by oversimplifying an issue. I mean, <laughs> that might be the title of the book of modern-day America right now. Here's the bottom line, and I can elaborate, and I dare anybody with expertise in this in this area to prove me wrong. I dare you because you're a bunch of liars who are misleading the American public. Anybody who tells you it's as simple as the American women win more than the American men and must be paid more as a result of that, period. Like no asterisk, no fine print. They're lying to you. They are misleading you on purpose 
they're trying to exaggerate the nature of an issue. It may be gender discrimination. It may be more complicated than that. If, it's, if, you, if you're swallowing that whole, you're being misled. You're a cult member. You need to be more of a critical thinker. It is not as simple as one end, at one end of the spectrum. Not as simple as they're winning more, so they must be paid more. There are collective bargaining agreements. There are free rights of negotiation. There's all sorts of things that make it more complicated than that. Stop listening to ideologically angry people who purposely mislead you. At the other end of the political spectrum, others are oversimplifying it. If you would just build a bigger economic model on the women's soccer game, well, then you guys would be paid the same as the men. Well, that may or may not be true. What we do know that FIFA has been a deeply sexist organization, well-documented for decades. And if you don't have the people who run the organization trying to make the women's soccer model as big economically, while these women on the pitch don't have a magic wand where they can just create that equality even with their brilliant play. You need help by people in positions of authority. And in FIFA, those people are overwhelmingly men, overwhelmingly old, and overwhelmingly disconnected from the concept of gender equality. Both extremes are misleading you on purpose. And if there's anything I'm tired of coming out of July 4th weekend, it is that aspect of American life in 2019. I spit on those who mislead people on purpose on important issues like this. There are good points to be made at both ends of this debate. The equal pay conversation has been dumbed down by politically motivated, ideologically angry people. There is a smarter way, folks. Stop listening to the lunatics and those who mislead you on purpose, or in some cases are just pathological liars. Listen to the people who will fairly point out the valid points on either side of the argument. It is the only way to a more intelligent, more fair, more sane America. Take that to the bank coming out of July 4th weekend. On the other side, J.P. Della Camera is one heck of an American. He's willing to join us live from French soil. He had the call for USA over Netherlands and a whole bunch of the rest of the Women's World Cup. That voice of international soccer, J.P. Della Camera, live next on The David Glenn Show. I made a reference to Mike Krzyzewski of Duke and his GOAT status. And I kid you not, I got angry emails. If I really wanted to insult somebody, I would include some kind of sentence about being in the leaping prairie chewing on grass. This is The David Glenn Show. show our next guest is one of the great voices of international soccer he was on the call yesterday as team usa beat the netherlands 2-0 in the women's world cup final he of course had his voice all over that great event on the other side of the pond i believe he's joining us live from french soil jp della camera of fox sports welcome back to the david glenn show how are you uh, i'm good david i'm back in paris Packing up, nice. headed home tomorrow. One of the greatest cities in the world. I've been there a few times. As 
a guy on the ground there. How would you describe the reception of this Team USA, given that everyone seems to appreciate their talent, but not everybody appreciated, you know, 13 nothing over Thailand or sipping teas, goal celebrations, or even some of the crazy political aspects of this story? Yeah, I don't think you'd have a better sense of it than I would on how it was perceived in the United States. But I, I think that you know, those who, who love these women uh, don't care about the celebrations. They think it's great. You know, they respect the freedom of speech uh, that Megan Rapinoe has. Uh, I, I think, you know, critics uh, who are not followers of the team will criticize some of the celebrations and the same with some of the political statements. But, you know, here in, in France, it doesn't seem to be uh, a big issue here. They seem to be popular wherever they go. And there, there were so many fans at that stadium yesterday. I mean, we talk about the Dutch in orange and their great support, but that sounded like a home game for the U.S. I know you don't have all the numbers, and, you know, it's not central to your job description to follow ratings and such, but we learned during the course of this tournament that the nation of Brazil's most watched TV product, not just sports product, but anything in television, was one of its matchups in this Women's World Cup. England, France, and Germany had similar stories, and we in the United States set records left and right. Compared to whenever you remember first calling women's soccer, how do you describe the state of this sport given that growing popularity in the numbers here in 2019? Well, it's light years ahead now. I was telling this story at a Fox luncheon how in... 1995, when I did the Women's World Cup in Sweden, we only covered six games, if you can believe wow. that. Six total games, and they were all games from the U.S., and they expected the U.S. to get to the final, and back then there was no uh, round of 16, so it was six games, not seven. And when the U.S. lost that game to Norway in the semis, and they realized that they were not going to go to the final, they had to make a decision. Do we do the third-place game? and stay with the U.S., or do we do the final? And the decision by the higher-ups was stay with the U.S. So can you imagine in this day and age if, if we didn't do the final and, and Fox did every game live? I mean, six games total? That's kind of crazy. So that shows you you know, where we've come, first of all, as a soccer nation, but also to know that um, in the men's game, certainly, uh, Brazil ratings are sky high and the interest is sky high and the same with England and those were two of the countries where they set record-breaking numbers and the same with France so that, that all bodes well for the women's game we need to see more countries step that up and maybe you know you're not going to see all 24 countries have huge television ratings but if we get five or six in this one and then in the next one we have a breakthrough in some other countries and the next one at, at some point you know, we'll all be on the same page or pretty close to it. J.P. Della Camera of Fox Sports joining us from the city of Paris. 2 nothing America over Netherlands yesterday in that Women's World Cup final. Even though the U.S. women's national team has been the best in the world for basically several decades running or as long as they've been keeping track of such things, there have been eight Women's World Cups, and they've won 
only half with the word only in air quotes, of course. They haven't won every right. Olympic gold. Uh, but again, they're the most dominant even in the Olympic setting. What was your sense of what motivated these women? W was it not winning gold the last time uh, at the Olympics or, or another setback? Or, or is it more the, you know, role models for young women and representing the red, white, and blue and, and more of the usual things we see in international competition? Yeah, I, I think they, they motivate themselves, David. I really do. I think that back in 2015, I think uh, deep down, they were tired of not achieving what the, the 1999 group did, and they thought that they were a great team and were never discussed in the same way because they hadn't won a World Cup since then. So I think back in 2015, that motivated them, the fact that it had been so many years since they had won a World Cup. I think for this one, uh, I didn't hear anybody really talking about the Olympics. It, it may have been a storyline for the media if Sweden had gotten to the final right. against the U.S., you know, we would have heard about the revenge and all that. But I think that, you know, when you're an elite athlete, and these women are, I think uh, the thrill of repeating is certainly something. They knew that only Germany had done it in 2003 and 2007. I think that they felt that that would add to their legacy if they could win back-to-back -back tournaments. Uh, there were some people that didn't think that they would win it. A lot of people that thought France was going to win this. I, I thought France would give them a, a good battle and could beat them, but I didn't think that they would. My, my pick at the start was the U.S. I thought only four teams could win it. I didn't have the Netherlands getting into the final, so I, I, can't, take, um, I can't take credit for handica handicapping it that way, but I thought England could have beaten the U.S. on their day. I thought France could have, and I thought Germany could have. And at the end, you know, those teams were not around. So full credit to them. I think they motivate themselves. I'm anxious to see what happens next because the Olympics are right around the corner. And if you look at the average age of this group, it's just under 29. There were 12 players 30 years of age or over. So where and when will we see the next generation? It's going to have to happen sooner than anyone is probably even thinking about. It isn't often that a single team in a single sport can sort of go way beyond the sports headlines. But this team clearly did, and I just wanted to see if you could expand on that because you're in your tunnel vision work mode, I imagine. But on social media, for example, multiple United States presidents tweeted their celebration over this victory over the Netherlands. Multiple United States first ladies from the NBA world, LeBron James and Kevin Love and others. From the NFL, Aaron Rodgers and others. From the media world, Dan Rather and others. From uh, the veterans, if you will, Mia Hamm and many, many others. Yeah. I mean, from the entertainment world, it went on and Ellen DeGeneres, etc. cetera. Uh, it's, it seemed like everybody from every corner was getting in on the action. How have you seen that story grow, either with this team specifically or more generally? Well, I think it started in, in 2015 when they achieved that Women's World Cup trophy. They had the big parade in New York, New York City. They're going to have another one on Wednesday. Uh, they got so much media attention. I, I think that um, this year was a little bit different with the social media. Uh, probably a, a similar number of people and, and with equal fame, if you will, from uh, politicians to entertainers to other athletes. I think they all appreciated what these women can do. I think that probably there was a bigger deal made out of it on social media now because some people didn't like the celebrations, right? Yeah. Some people didn't like 
uh, Megan Rapino saying that they were not going to go to the White House. So I, I think that for the first time we saw maybe more of a mixed bag. I, I think it was more more positive than negative, though. Much sure. more positive, no, maybe yeah. 80-20, if I had to guess. But I, but I think that uh, social media really took off more this year, uh, partially because of their success, but also partially because of the controversy. JP Della Camera is joining us on the David Glenn Show from Fox Sports. Well, we know Megan Rapino won the Golden Boot, as you said. Some love her, some can't stand her, et cetera. But others made names for themselves, right? I mean, Alex Morgan gets the silver boot. Rose Lavelle is, what, in her early 20s and had one of the two goals yep. yesterday. Becky Sauerbrunn threw blood running down her forehead, I thought was an amazing defender. Some of these women, I guess, will be moving on, right? It's only every four years, the World Cup. Uh, what do you make of that future that you referred to yesterday as we've seen the Americans replenish generation after generation? But it feels like no matter how good teams Team USA is, there are more examples of the world maybe not catching all the way up, but but certainly deepen, deepening the pool of teams that can play with Team USA. Yeah, no, for sure the rest of the world is catching up. That That's for sure. So we're going to have to step up our game. I think NWSL has been a very good league and a very strong league, but now we're seeing that the French are spending more money in their domestic yep. league. We're seeing that England has a sponsor for it. That Barclays is going to be promoting it, and also I've, I've heard that the uh, EPL is discussing maybe taking that program over the Women's League instead of having the English Federation run it. We've heard that Spain is pumping millions of dollars into their program and that Real Madrid is going to have a team, which they haven't had before. So, yeah, they are catching up. But, you know, I'm, I'm looking at this, David. Uh, you've got Sauerbrunn is 34, yeah. should be 38 at the next World Cup. That's that's old for a center back, right? Right. You've got Rapino, who's 34, should be 38 at the next World Cup. Uh, Carly Lloyd would be, uh, she's turning 37 any day now, right? So she'd be in her 40s. So right. that's not going to happen. Uh, Allie Krieger's 30, uh, going to be 35 at the end of this month. Uh, you've got Press that's 30. You've got Morgan, who just turned 30. Uh, Tobin Heath is 31. So there are going to be a lot of changes that's going to have to be, right? Because if you fast forward this four years from now, if the average age today was 29, mm. think about what it will be four years from now. So they are going to have to get younger. Not everybody is going to leave. I mean, maybe there is another World Cup in Alex Morgan. Maybe there's another one in Tobin Heath. But the future is still bright because you still have Julie Earths, who's in her mid-20s. Uh, Camper had a pretty good run there. She's in her mid-20s. Crystal Dunn, uh, 27 now, so she would be 31 at the next World Cup, Lavelle is a terrific player. Uh, all she has to do, and it's easier said than done, is stay healthy and, and should be one of the all-time greats for the U.S. And Mallory Pugh is another one. So where are our next Rose Lavelle's and Mallory Pugh's? Are they playing in college right now today? Are they playing in high school? Uh, are they playing somewhere else? Those, those uh, new players will be part of a new generation that has – four years to grow. I, I think the Olympic team, the Olympic roster is, is um, less than what you see in a World Cup. So this will probably be a majority of the Olympic roster for next year. But after that, it would have to change with the cycle because uh, four years is a long time. 
By the way, to your earlier point, some really good news just in the last couple of days. Uh, Budweiser has jumped on board as a sponsor, which is a really, really big deal for women's soccer in our huge. country. That's and uh, ESPN yep. very recently, I forget the details, but uh, agreed to add a whole bunch of the NWSL games for the rate, you know, the stretch of this regular season. Then, of course, yeah. the postseason in our domestic league. So that's I mean, you want to talk about real world repercussions, right? Those are those are both huge, and and for more reasons than than people think, right? Because if ESPN is is doing it, they'll put more resources into it um, on their social media, on their digital platforms, and NWSL could use that as a selling tool. If Budweiser jumps on, I can't believe that they'll be the only advertiser that will do that because they're such a trendsetter that I would think that uh, other corporate leaders might think. Uh, a few minutes longer, if they see Budweiser yeah. on board, they might be wondering what they're missing, and maybe this is a good time for them to jump on board. So this is a great opportunity for NWSL to get in on all of this excitement that's following this U.S. women's national team. So hopefully we'll see it translate at the box office. Hopefully some of these NWSL teams, their attendance will go up uh, Hopefully ESPN ratings go up and hopefully more sponsors come on board because now is the perfect time. They've got the attention of the nation. Last thing for JP Della Camera. I have a legal background and I find the equal pay stuff uh, very complicated, right? It's very hard to simplify why the women make less but win more. And, you know, yeah. the men's World yeah. Cup economic model is so much bigger. It's not as simple as winning more, making more, et cetera. What what would be, right. in 60 seconds or less, what would be your advice as a guy who loves and follows this sport closely to the fair-minded American who is just trying to understand the equal pay part of this? Right. It's it's too complicated for me or, or even you with the legal background yeah. to explain in 60 seconds. But here's <laughs> what I would say. FIFA needs, FIFA, not, not so much U.S. soccer, FIFA needs to do more to narrow the gap. I mean, the men's bonus structure is light years away from what the women are getting, yes. and, and that's blatantly wrong. And if they increase the women's pay, that's great, but not if they also increase the men's pay because you're still separating that gap. So FIFA has a long way to go in terms of making it more of a level playing field, right? U.S. soccer does a lot for these women, and, and the women know that, but can U.S. soccer do more? Yes. I'm all in favor of, of these women getting – Whatever they can get, I just don't know how you define equal yeah. equal pay with all of the variables that are around in terms of how many games each of them play. You know, does it change in a World Cup year? Does it change in an Olympic year? Yeah. Um, you know, also uh, the women are, are getting paid money to yeah. play in the NWSL. The men are not. So, you know, you need a more complicated mind than mine to figure out <laughs> well what done. exactly is equal pay. But I'm all, for, I'm all for them getting whatever they can get. They certainly deserve more and uh, more power to them. They're in a great spot to collect more money. JP Delacamera, live from France. We're back after this. Jerome Robinson, are you a hugger or a handshake guy? H how does it work if Adam Silver is waiting for you? I really don't know. I, I hope it's not awkward. <laughs> um, you know, I hope it's not like a hand-to-hug-to-hand -to -hand kind of thing, but I don't know. I might just mess around and just hug him. No hands. I think he's so. a hugger. You're listening to The David Glenn Show. Adam Amin of ESPN loves sports and he loves food. He even just called a hot dog eating contest.
We'll talk food and sports with ESPN's Adam Amin next. Coach Lou Holtz is joining us. What can you tell us about those four seasons in Raleigh? Everybody from North Carolina calling us Boo You and Agriculture You. And I remember walking in the press conference saying, I want everybody in the state to understand agriculture is better than no culture. Stay with us on the David Glenn Show. <laughs> 